You're listening to the Christian Indie Artists and Songwriters Podcast, the place where faith, music, and life intersect. We exist to help Christian indie artists and songwriters just like you get songs heard. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Christian Indie Artists and Songwriters Podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and on today's episode is all about home studio production and more specifically, vocal production. I believe right now is the greatest time to be making music and more specifically, the greatest time to be making music from home. So it is part of my mission to help you be able to create the best sounding music you ever have from your own home studio. Now, in this podcast, we talk about a lot of things. We have a, we've had a ton of great interviews with insights on things like songwriting, music marketing, building websites, and we've also talked about music production. And I want to dig into that a little bit more on today's episode. But before we jump in, I wanted to tell you something I am super excited about. On Monday, August 9th, 2021, we will be launching our brand new music production course, Logic Pro X for Artists and Songwriters. And as the name implies, this is a course designed for you, the artist and songwriter. Now in this course, we walk through every single step of the process, all the way from setting up our initial Logic session through bouncing our final Master Wave release ready track for the world to hear. The entire course is you and I sitting together and walking through building a song from scratch. And we're so excited about it, we actually opened up the vocal module from the course, called it Record Your Vocals Like a Pro, and that is available completely free All you have to do is click the link below. You'll get instant access. You just sign up for it and you'll have lifetime unlimited access absolutely free. And then if you decide that you want to move into the full course once it's available on August 9th, 2021, then you can definitely do that. And on launch week, we're going to have a massive discount. It'll be the most affordable the course will ever be. So if you're interested jumping in on that, make sure to do that next week. So for this episode, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about production, specifically vocal production, because we all know that the vocal is what makes the song ours. You know, we can all kind of play the same guitars, the same drums, samples. We can all have similar sounding instrumentation and patches, but our vocal is the thing that makes the music the most ours. So I know that it can be frustrating to record vocals because there's been plenty of times where I will record a great vocal take only to find out that it's distorted and I have to do it again. And that's super frustrating, especially when you get a really good take that you're excited about. So on this episode, we're going to walk through the eight steps that I believe will help you record your vocals like a pro. Okay, so number one is all about gain staging. So what gain staging is, is essentially making sure that your volumes are at the correct spot in all the different locations. So what do I mean by that? Well, first volume is your input volume, which is the amount of signal you're sending from your microphone into your computer that usually will come through your audio interface. So if you have a Focusrite or you have an Apollo or a Personas or something like that, the first level of gain staging is the input level, which is what you're sending in to your DAW. The second level of gain staging is the actual fader, the actual track that you're recording into. So you want to make sure that that is not peaking. Basically, what we're trying to avoid here overall is any kind of peaking, getting in the red and basically getting our level above zero, which is also called unity. We make sure the volume we're sending into our computer is at a good volume. We're making sure that the volume that is being received by our computer is at a good volume. And then the last phase of that is making sure that our overall volume is where it needs to be, which would be the master volume. So a lot of times we might go in to record and we naturally want to just turn everything up all the way. That's what I used to do. And I totally understand why, because we want it to be loud because our, when we hear things loud, we perceive it as better. But I like to think of it like this, your master fader on your actual DAW, you want to kind of pretend that you can't touch that. You keep that at zero at all times, because that's what is sort of your ceiling for your entire project to make sure that you're not going too far into the red. Because the more you go into the red, the greater chance you have to just create a 
a muddy sound and digital overdrive is never good. So how do you fight the temptation of pushing your master volume up so it sounds better? Well, ironically, you turn everything down. So if you're trying to record and your music, your track is just too loud, grab all of your track faders and pull them back. That way you'll be able to keep your vocal where you can actually hear it and you're not jeopardizing your overall master volume. So if you turn everything down, how do you feel inspired? Well, then you go to your audio interface and turn your headphones up. Your headphone gain, your headphone volume does not affect the input signal at all other than if you're so loud that your microphone's picking up and you're getting bleed there. But if you have everything set correctly, you shouldn't need to turn up your headphones that much to where you're causing a ton of bleed. So that's number one, gain staging, making sure that all of your volumes going in are healthy and safe to make sure that you're recording your vocals the best way you can. So the second thing about recording your vocals like a pro is by using a pop filter. So what a pop filter is, it's that screen that you essentially will hook to your microphone stand, put it in front of your mic, and it will limit the amount of pop sounds coming into your microphone. These are plosive sounds that come from P's and B's and just sort of rumbly lower notes. By putting a pop filter in front of it, that windscreen kind of collects those wind pushes because that's essentially what it is. It's just the wind kind of coming out at a higher rate and it kind of grabs that and stops it from coming in. I'm using this microphone here, which is a Shure SM7B, which sort of has this pop filter built in. But when I'm recording vocals in a studio setting, I'm also putting a pop filter in front of it too. Now, the secondary benefit, which I love about a pop filter, it also keeps you at a safer distance from your microphone because if you're too close to the mic, although it can sound nice and intimate, and we'll talk about that later, there are times where you want to be closer to your mic. By having that pop filter, you keep a consistent distance or a more consistent distance because recording vocals is extremely dynamic. It's the most dynamic instrument. We can be whispering soft and screaming loud within one second of each other. And those dynamics are great, but there's a lot more to tame when it comes time to actually doing some vocal editing. So the pop filter will help keep a consistent distance. So even when you are recording your intimate parts and you're up close to it, you're still at the same point no matter what, because that pop filter creates a healthy barrier between you and your microphone. And number three, it's use a mic stand. I like to use a mic stand for a few different reasons, but the main reason, again, similarly to the pop filter, is it keeps the microphone at a fixed location. That way you don't have to worry about, am I too close, am I too far, am I on the left, am I on the right? The microphone stand will keep it fixed, and that in conjunction with the pop filter will really give you a good target to kind of stay in vocally. Also, this is really important, is when you're standing, especially when you're recording vocals and you're standing, you're at a better posture for singing better. Holding a microphone is obviously something we might do in a live setting. If we're not a musician, we're just, we're just singing. But in a recording session, we want to keep everything as consistent and as predictable as possible. So a mic stand is a great way to kind of keep your mic where you need it to be and also keep yourself open to singing in the best posture possible. And the fourth way to record your vocals like a pro is by keeping a safe distance. Now, we've kind of talked about this with the pop filter and microphone. This kind of gives you an anchor point. We may be recording at different distances from the microphone, depending on this, the section of the song. So if we're singing an intimate verse, we might want to stay only four to six inches away from the microphone to make sure we're up front. Everything is very vulnerable and everything is very right in your face. However, if we're belting, we're going to need to back off the mic because for one, we'll overdrive. And two, it'll just be too much signal coming into the microphone in general. So if you're belting a note, you may need to back up 12 inches. You don't want to get three or four feet away because then it becomes distant. But you know, this is definitely something that you kind of learn, find the sweet spot over time. But if you know, if you are getting ready to do a big note, you may need to back off. Also, another thing too is this helps not only with the pop filter, but if you are going to do some plosive sounds where you know you're really going to push into a note with a hard P or B sound, you may kind of 
turn your head to the side slightly just to try to avoid overwhelming because even with the pop filter if you push enough air it's going to pick up and you can fix these things after yes but the better the signal coming in the less work you have to do afterward so it's a good thing to keep in mind and this takes practice and another thing too even with the distance is the breaths because you know if you're really singing hard and you have to take a big breath to have enough air support to push out the next note you might want to turn your head to the side and take a quick breath instead of just staying here because you can do that and there's a lot of times where those breaths will be there but sometimes those can be distracting we definitely want to keep breaths in the beginning of my production journey i would always edit out all the breaths and i realized that really robs the human side of recording so i don't do that at all but when i'm personally recording i make sure to be mindful of how much, how hard I'm breathing and if I need to kind of turn my head to the side just to pull a little bit away. And I still go in and edit these breaths for sure. But these are all things to kind of keep in mind as you're going. And don't be overwhelmed by this because at first, just record the best, most passionate vocal you can. But then, you know, kind of keep these techniques in mind because it'll make things easier for you in the editing process. Okay, so the fifth way to record your vocals like a pro is through sound absorption. Now, this can be a lot of things. Like you see behind me, I have acoustic panels on my wall here in the studio, which is one sound absorption source for sure, but you may not have acoustic treatment. That's fine. You might set up your microphone and record in your closet because there's a lot of clothes in your closet and that is a sound absorber. There's other things like on the back of a microphone stand now they have attachments that are little foam half circles, which I'm sure you've seen those before. I have one of those too, even though I have sound absorption, I've got one of those on my microphone as well. The goal is to make the sound reflections in your room as dead as possible, meaning it's silent. And of course, you know, we all, a lot of us have home studios and bedroom studios. And we may not be able to create a completely silent environment. Mine is not completely silent either. More quiet we can make it, the more dampening we can do, the better for the overall recording. Because ultimately, if you have too much reverberations or too many reflections in your recording, once it comes time to edit, you're going to be pushing all those sounds forward and it's just going to create a bit of a messy sound overall. So we want to affect our vocals for sure, but the less reverberations and reflections happening in the recording process, the more we can do at a cleaner level when it comes time to post, produce, and edit the vocal. Okay, the next thing is vocal comping. And if you haven't heard of what vocal comping is, basically it is recording multiple takes of the same section of a song and then picking the best part from each take. So that may sound a little confusing, but basically here's the example. If you're gonna record the first verse of your song, like in Logic, if I recorded the first verse of my song one time and then recorded over that section three or four times, it'll basically create something called a track folder where I can then down arrow and I can see all of my takes for that one section. And then I'm able to select which part of each take that I want to use, creating the overall comp vocal. So this is a great way to approach vocals, in my opinion, because then you don't have to worry about necessarily singing every single note technically perfect and everything exactly in the pocket. Of course, we want to do that. We always want to put our best effort and our best performance out there. But sometimes if we get too caught up in making everything exactly right, then we're not giving the most authentic vocal possible. So with this vocal comping method, you can record as many as you want. I mean, you could do 100 takes of one section and then go through and pick exactly which one is your favorite parts of each one. And honestly, it could end up being one full take, but there might be one word. You might have taken a big breath. You might have had one kind of word that was a little bit pitchy and you just wanted to go and grab that section. So you can do it, like I said, in Logic with take folders, but also you could record multiple tracks and just pick each section of each one. So whichever way is most convenient for you is a great way to go. But vocal comping is definitely an industry standard practice and it will get you the best overall vocal take for each section of your song. So the next way to record your vocals like a pro is through something called vocal doubling. And what that is, is exactly what it sounds. You double track 
your lead melodies. And honestly, if you've also might have heard vocal stacking, that's the same process, just slightly different because that refers to harmonies and everything too. But vocal doubling, the example would be if you record your lead vocal that we just talked about and you we comp the lead vocal the way we want it. Now, I would say, depending on the section of your song, my personal preference is I usually double choruses and bridges whenever the vocal is big and I want it to be distinguished in that way. So what it is, is you sing your main melody line once for your main vocal that will be right in the middle. Then you sing your vocal melody line again, and then a third time. So then when it comes to the mixing phase, you'll pan one of these doubles to the left and one of these vocals to the right, creating this wide stereo space. Now, you don't hear each individual vocal. That's not the point of this. It's supposed to blend, and especially when it gets to a chorus, because usually instrumentation rises, a lot of intensity rises, so the vocal will be able to still stick out front because it sort of expands. There's three vocals. And now another tip is even with harmonies, I'll always double my harmony. If I'm going to sing a harmony part, I'm going to sing it once, and then again, and then pan these left and right. Anytime I sing any vocal, for the most part, I'm going to double it. Even if it's low harmonies, if it's low octaves, whatever it might be, I've just found that doubling vocals is a great way to keep vocals front and center and big in the mix. And then another trick, too, that I hear in a lot of pop music right now is you'll do high octaves, and then you'll double those as well, but you kind of hide them underneath, so it just creates this wall of sound. So if you ever listen to pop songs and you just hear these massive vocals, and you're like, wow, how do they get them to be so big? A lot of that is through double tracking, multiple takes. So for instance, you could have your lead vocal, then you have your left and right double melody, then you have a left and right harmony, then you could have an additional left and right harmony, and then people will sing the octave down, and then you do maybe the octave up. So right there is eight or nine vocal tracks, all creating one. When you put all those vocals together, you create a huge vocal sound that sticks out front in the mix. It's nice and clear. Now, of course, you want to make sure that those are tight, but When it does come to doubling, I don't typically comp or do multiple takes of the doubles because I want some variation there. Because if they are exactly alike, then they will lose their impact. You actually want slight variations in these doubles, and that's what kind of where the magic is. So not that you want them to be bad or out of tune at all, of course. The varying qualities, the slight varying qualities between each vocal take is kind of what makes it sound big overall. And the last one, number eight, on how to record your vocals like a pro, I like to do each section on its own track. So for instance, On my sessions, I'll have a verse vocal, I'll have a chorus vocal, and then I'll have usually a bridge vocal. Now, of course, when the doubles have their own tracks as well, but I like to keep each part of the lead vocal, especially on its own track, for a few different reasons. One being that I like to be able to affect it differently. So for instance, in my verses, I like to keep maybe less reverb, not quite as much reverb, a little bit drier, a little bit more upfront, because primarily verse vocals are more intimate. They're more up front. So if you start adding too much reverb, it pushes them back because you have to think reverb and delay are great, but they will tend to push vocals back in a 3D spectrum sense. So I like to be able to affect them differently. So if I have my chorus vocal and I say, hey, I want to add five more dB of reverb to the chorus, then I don't have to affect my verse in the same way. And the same thing with bridges. It might, that might be a different vibe. And it could even be different EQs. It might be a different reverb. It might be a different delay send that we put on there. So we want a faster delay in the choruses and a slower delay in the verses. It just kind of all depends on the vibe. But by recording them separately, it gives us the opportunity to do that. Now, of course, you could record your song all the way through and create new tracks after the fact and cut and move them in. But also, too, when it comes time to recording, I like having separate tracks because I can approach them 
kind of one at a time because I'm not one to really sing through the entire song all by itself as if it were live. I like to be able to focus on each section of the song in its individual part. Like I said, for the comping part, I'm going to sing the verse part maybe three or four times. Then I'm going to sing the chorus part three or four times, but each on their own track so I can affect them differently and treat them like their own part because they are. Each section is its own section of the song. So I just, for me, I think recording your vocals in that way will really help put extra focus and attention not only on the recording process, but then on how you treat the vocals in post-production. So that's it. Those are my eight ways to record your vocals like a pro. It all starts with gain staging, then by using pop filters, mic stands, and being aware of your distance from the microphone. That will really help put the best signal in. Then when you use sound absorption, it'll create the cleanest sounding signal in your room so that you can put that in to when post-production comes, you don't have to worry about all of these extra sounds and echoes and reverberations happening. And then when you vocal comp, you make sure to go in and grab the best part of each section. Then when vocal doubling, you'll create the widest, most powerful stacks of your vocals. And then finally, cutting it up into each section, making sure you focus on one part at the time. And I believe these eight elements will get you the best vocals you've ever recorded in your home studio. So I hope that that helps. I hope that that makes sense. Again, really excited for the Logic Products for Artists and Songwriters course dropping this Monday, August 9th, 2021. If it's after that date, then the course is available and out. Go check it out in the links below. Once you jump in on the course, it's yours forever. You can go at your own pace. All the videos are there. There's over five hours of us walking through each step of the production process together. And again, if you click the link below, you can grab the Record Your Vocals Like a Pro vocal module for absolutely free. And, and that is the vocal module from the course directly. So refer to that. We wanted to create things to really help you on your journey. I know the production can be tough. There's so many buttons to press and so many knobs to turn, but we're walking through this process together every step of the way. And one of the main mottos and taglines of the course is that technology does not need to get in the way of creativity because I know that we're all not engineers and want to get super deep into the numbers. We just want to create great sounding music. And that's what exactly what this course is for. So I hope that you jump into the module and I hope that this helps. And as always, if you have any questions, head over to brianballovermusic.com or if you're here on YouTube, just leave a comment below and let me know. I'm excited to help you on your journey. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Friday at 5 a.m. Eastern. We want to help reach as many Christian indie artists and songwriters as possible. And one way we can do that is with your help. So if you could take a minute and leave us a review on iTunes, that would be so appreciated. This is how the iTunes algorithm will push this content out to more and more Christian indie artists and songwriters. So like I said, if you could just take a couple seconds, leave us a review, that would be so awesome. It means so much to us and we would really appreciate it.